Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. There are 5 million people illegally here under the Biden administration. They are not American citizens. Okay, they're not. Okay, fine. And we should not reward that. We should not reward that. We need to secure the border. We need to first... But we're paying for them. We have legal work visa programs. We're paying for them. We have legal work visa programs that need to be strengthened. We should never support amnesty. What are you doing with the 5 million you got? They should not... They're not American citizens, and it's Joe Biden's catastrophic crisis that he's created. You're not going to throw it out, are you? We, certainly, no, we you're support. This is the middle with Anthony Weiner, unplugged. Welcome to episode forty-six of the Middle Unplugged, a break in the middle of the week when we reclaim the microphone from the far left and the far right, and try to carve out some time for our less shrill and less extreme and generally less angry. Wait a minute, I don't know if this is going to work this week. So we're doing something a little different this week, and that intro might not even work. We're going to talk a little bit about immigration and particularly the issue of the summer here in New York City and increasingly around the country has been the veritable flood of undocumented people come in through our southern border, many of them, most of them seeking asylum. And so I sat down to do this episode because I have a lot of opportunities for people to mail in things and to ask questions. A lot of people were asking, they interpreted that I was somehow ducking this issue on the podcast. And I thought to myself, well, the radio show I do, we've done extensive work on immigration and this issue, and particularly this weekend. And the reason I paused a little bit at the top about the extreme and angry part is that, in fact, so much of immigration and so much of the conversation is extreme, is angry, is pretty shrill. And unfortunately, I participate in some of that sometimes, the angry part, the shrill part. I accept responsibility for that because I think the Well, rather than tell you what I think, let me play for you a little bit of my remarks about immigration. There's a little bit of a New York City feel to this, and so our listeners from around the country can get the insight. If you've already heard The Middle, which is the radio show, and you've listened to that already, you might want to skip this episode because it excerpts heavily from the conversation that we had. For those of you who have not, who want to hear a little bit about what I think the honest conversation around immigration should be like... Take a listen, and then we're going to have a special version of Ask Anthony Anything. So take a listen. This is from this Saturday's show, The Middle, on 77 WABC. It's every week from 2 to 4, and this is from this past week, immigration. Anyway, I want to get to a different issue, and this is the issue of the migrant crisis and immigration. And last week, we had a pretty good conversation about this when I talked about the idea just you know, explaining to people again that these people who are undocumented, who are seeking asylum, are here legally. And I explain that. You go back and listen to that episode. I'm going to rehash the whole thing. But basically, we have an asylum process that exists. And that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of real fired up people about this. And so I'm listening to another show here on the station. I don't want to say what show, and I'm not even going to say who the person was that said these things. But um, I was listening all week because I wanted to take some of the things that were being said that were just not true, that were not a matter of opinion, just weren't true, and that could be fact-checked. And then some things that were legitimate issues, try to separate them out. And so I've been listening all week and writing little notes of who said what, when. 
And then, as I explained the process last week, I go to Ava and I go to Matt and I go to Kevin and I say, can you make me a cut of this? I want to respond to it. And then there was this one caller to a show. Um, I don't want to say which show and I'm not even going to say the caller's name because I don't want to, I don't want to punch down, to be honest. I don't want to, I don't believe in that. I mean, these people are, um, I have a microphone. They had it for a couple of minutes. They don't maybe know better, but you know what? And, and do the, let's do, let's see if we get through it. It's cut eight, Ava. Let's play cut eight. Everyone listening, we cannot ever allow the Democrats to gaslight us into thinking that illegals that they call migrants should be working and it will help the economy. It will hurt us. It might kill us. If the illegals are allowed to work, they are allowed to vote. And if they vote, they dilute our most sacred right, which is to vote. Imagine someone coming here from a foreign country that has zero ties, that sends their money back home, that is potentially a drug addict, uh, that is potentially a criminal, uh, voting in our elections for more free stuff from an administration that only wants to give them free stuff. They're fed lies, and what they know is they are given free everything. They're given free things that New York City residents, the taxpayers, that citizens are not given. E-scooters, tobacco, Medicaid, legal aid, education, K-12, through university, higher education, um, clothing, cell phones. How many of your listeners get free stays at $400 a night Manhattan luxury hotels? Oh, okay, let me, let me blow your mind here. So as of last year, New York City taxpayers spent $28,000 per public school student annually because of the influx of illegals. New York City taxpayers now spend per public school student annually $38,000, oh. $10,000. Eighth grade students here in New York City are not eighth grade level proficient in math. Wait for it. The illegal children that are coming in, in some cases, represent more than the citizens do in schools here. There are plenty of schools. All right. in well, well, that's it. But Ava here, let's, let's bring it. So anyway, she... So I was looking for individual things, and then this woman gets on the radio. I thought she was a caller. It turns out that she's not. She was a guest. And just one thing after another that is – I know people are very fired up about this issue. I totally get it. But almost nothing that that person said was true. Yet I hear other people at rallies saying it. I hear people on – some of our our hosts are saying stuff like this. Look, n- n- none of the people that are undocumented when they come here, um, they don't have a right to vote. <laughs> they don't, they, they have some effort on the, the, to give them the right to vote by the, by in city elections that were struck down. I don't believe they should have a right to vote. They don't have a right to vote. That's not true. Um, this notion about them getting free stuff. Look, the big free thing that they get here in New York, because I've told a hundred times from the Callahan decision in 1981, they uh, they have a right to housing. That's it. They're not getting e-scooters. They're not getting tobacco. They're not getting Medicaid. They're not getting well, Kate, the education. If you're a child in New York City, it's the law that you have to go to school. That's the law. You can't just wander the streets. So they do go to they, they do go to to, to school. They're not getting cell phones. I mean, there's only on like on rare occasions the ICE is giving migrants who don't have a phone 
They give them a device that is a kind of a dumb phone, has one app, doesn't have access to the internet so they can track them. That's the only thing that there that's in that category. And this crazy woman says it's $38,000 a year because of the migrants. No, no. The, the, the amount we pay per child goes down when more kids come in. Not up, goes down. The reason that went up last year is because we had, we had a lot of COVID aid money. It was the last year of the COVID aid money. And it, school, you know, teacher, you know, schools being half full of migrants. Look, look, let's just get a grip on ourselves here. Let's get, let's get a handle on, on what, on what's going on here. 107,000 or so people have come in and applied for asylum. And we know that number because they go into the city intake system. They show up in, in the intake system. Only 59,400 migrants are in the city's care. I say only. That is an enormous amount, but it's half. Half or not. So it's not every migrant. So when I hear people say hundreds of thousands have come in. Or, no, it's 59,400. And most of them are in shelters of some sort. You know, I've heard Curtis say, and he's coming in at, at 4 o'clock for Love First Right. Curtis say, you know, where are all these kids? We keep hearing our kids. No, the kids are in hotel rooms. Kids are not allowed to be put in congregate shelters. So all these fights are about shelters. Kids are not going into shelters. There are about 19,000, according to the, to the city, about 19,000 kids in that group. Okay. So for one thing, let's separate out the kids. The kids didn't do anything wrong. The kids are not bad people. They're just kids. That's all they are. They're kids. And, you know, where are they coming? Venezuela's 41%. I got all these numbers. Venezuela's 41% of them. The next is Ecuador at 18%, then Colombia, down to 2% from Nicaragua, 3% from Russia, et cetera. But I keep hearing people say, and I've heard the mayor say this, we're full, the city's full. No, our shelter system is full. Our city is empty. We lost a whole bunch of population. We lost close to a half a million people. Between 2000, uh, between 2020 and 22. You heard Zeldin talk all about it. You hear hosts here talk all about it. Everyone's moving out of New York. We had a 5% drop in our population. That's bad. So now we have another 107,000 come in, more coming in probably every day. We're a city of 8.3 million people. We lost 500,000 people and now we're getting some. We're getting some back with this migration. We have to figure out what to do with them. We have to figure out how to provide them housing. We have to figure out where they're going to go. It's a problem. And people, oh, this crazy woman, so, oh, the schools are a majority undocumented. 19,000 kids. We have a school system of 1.1 million kids. And by the way, that's down also. So it's about 1% increase in the amount of kids. We can't afford, yeah, we can't afford to house these people. But that's the obligation we have under our constitution, according to a court order. So if you're going to be mayor, like mayor, like mayor Sliwa or mayor Wiener or mayor Adams, you have no choice but to provide them housing because of a court decree that only New York City, not sanctuary city, none of that stuff. It's that's a court decree that's entered into by Ed Koch, who's followed by every mayor since there's no choice. You don't get to take a pledge when you're sworn in to not uphold the laws. All right, so you've heard a lot about something else, this whole idea of, well, should they be allowed to work? It depends on what your philosophy is. If you're trying to save money for the city, you want them to work. Because once they're working, they become part of that half that does not is not in the shelter system. 
They're working. On the other hand, the system was designed by this. The, um, the, uh, the asylum laws were made, were passed by Congress, your Congress members, to say no working in the first six months. Why did they do that? Because back then the asylum's process only took about six months at most. So they didn't want people gaming the system by coming in to try to work using the asylum system. Well, now it's four years, the waiting period. So now, now we're back to that problem. If you want the city, if you want them to be able to work, Mayor Adams, you got to call Nicole Maliotakis because she's the one who, who's in the majority party in Congress. You have to change the law, Kathy Hochul. You wonder why when you go to visit the president, they can't do what you want. It's the law, the six month part. Now I think they should be allowed to work because I want to save the tax dollars. And then we hear people say, oh, the crimes, even that, that woman who I just played, the, the, the criminals, the fentanyl, this, the fentanyl, that. MS-13. These people are applying for asylum. They're showing up. They're presenting themselves under the law. 19,000 of them are kids. The fentanyl traffickers are not showing up with pieces of paper and going to an intake system. Use your heads, people. We have a huge fentanyl problem. They're coming in in the panels of trucks and panels of cars. When there was a fight in 2018 about putting up more detection devices at, at the, um, at, at, at the borders, Donald Trump said, no, I want to build a wall. So they did a deal. They said, right, you go build your 400 miles of your wall that's 2,500 miles. You go put 400 miles of it up using Department of Defense monies. And we'll add this extra money to reopen the government that, that, that we need more of that to cut, cut down on fentanyl. But it's not these people. These people are not coming here showing up with fentanyl. And they're not getting free stuff either. Is this expensive? Yeah, it is. It is. The mayor's not wrong about that. It's expensive. We've got to figure out how to pay for it. But if you don't like the way this system is working, get in line. I don't either. That woman who called in, she, she quoted 80% of people agree to keep the, the, the migrants out. I was curious. I went, where'd she get that number? I went back. There's a poll. 80% are dissatisfied with the way we're handling it. Some people want us to, to be more generous. Some people want us to, to give them more benefits. Some people want them to work. People are dissatisfied on every side of this. Our city was emptying out. Now it's got some people who are coming in. There's appropriate places for them to be inappropriate places. I get it. But people who say, well, I, I pro-immigrant, but I don't, I want them to come in the right way. That's bull. At least, you know, I listen to, to Sid every morning. At least he's honest about it. He says, I don't want him. Fine. Okay. That's a position. Not one I agree with, but it's a position. And then finally, before we go to the break, finally people are like, uh, 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 Eric Adams. We're going to talk about this a little at four o'clock with Curtis. Eric Adams, like, give us money. That's not the way. Did Joe Biden give us money? And then, I, and then people say, well, say Joe Biden's name that he's doing. No, 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 no. Ask, ask Esposito, ask Santos, ask Maliatakis, the controlling party in the appropriating uh, uh, side of Congress. Read the Constitution. I had it wrong last week. I said it was, it was, it was, it was Article 2 of the Constitution. It's Article 1 that's, that's, that's Congress. 
Anyway, we're going to talk a little more about immigration. Now the phones are booming. Everyone loves this one. They want this. You know, people love yelling about immigration. I'm fine yelling about it, too. But for goodness sakes, can we at least agree that some things are true and some things are not true? These are tough issues. but They're made a lot easier if we at least agree on the terms of the debate. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So that's the buildup. And usually at this point in the episode, we do a segment called Ask Anthony Anything. And we take some mail and we respond to it. Sometimes we'll answer something that is said on the air. Sometimes we'll answer something another host has said. But as is usually the case, some of the best questions and some of the most, I don't know, illustrative questions on immigration and the migrant crisis have come from callers. And so we're going to listen now to three different or maybe four different callers who called in again to this show on the weekend, who with various different levels of sincerity and demagoguery and curiosity asked questions about immigration and me with various levels of whispering and screaming talk back. So this is Ask Anthony Anything. And welcome to the stage, Al, Ina, I think her name was, Michael, we've got a few callers. Enjoy. Let's go to Alan Yonkers to start us off. Hey, Al. Hello, Congressman. Uh, good afternoon. You know, the new national news in regards to the uh, migrants is that they're going to be heading to Cape Cod. Uh, the general public needs to be aware that the uh, migrants, they're not going to be going where the rich and famous have their houses off the mainland of the Cape. I mean, Nantucket and Mar- Al, Al, they can go wherever they want. No, but but I think they're going to be sent to the mainland. They, they, they're not say, getting sent. Any they 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 have while they're here and while they're 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 awaiting their hearing, they can go wherever they want in the United States of America. No, I understand, but I think there's an agreement with the state of Massachusetts where they're going to get motels for these migrants because there's a overflux of them in the state of Massachusetts right now. Right, but I'm going to let you finish, but let me just make it clear. If someone is offering a migrant a benefit to go a certain place, they can either go on that bus or not go on that bus. I just want to make that clear. Now, what in the past, people like Governor Abbott 
Governor DeSantis have lied to people and saying if you get on this bus, you'll get work permissions when you get there and things like that. But people are allowed to go where they want to go. But go ahead. I'll finish your point. Yeah, my point is I've been going to the Cape since I'm a young person in the, uh, since the 1970s. Uh, my sister uh, has a house, a cottage, in a blue-collar town on the Cape. So my point is if these migrants all get sent to the Cape, uh, it's all wrong place for them to be sent. I'll tell you why. Uh, in the winter, the, co- the Cape, even though it's more uh, people live there all year round, it's still dark and desolate in the winter. But, Al, uh, but no Al, Al, let me just interrupt you. Let me just interrupt you. These migrants are smart enough to figure out where it's most advantageous for them to be. I mean, one of the challenges we have in New York is that we have this legal requirement that the Cape doesn't have, that Florida doesn't have, that Texas doesn't have, that they have a right to shelter. And if you're coming, if you've traveled five countries away or two, you know, thousand miles away and you've gotten to the border and someone says, well, there's a community in, that has a lot of Venezuelans already that is very diverse and it has a law that says that you can get housing and it's the only one. Do you want to go there? They're probably going to say, sure, I want to go there. So, but the one of the arguments made by people who say let them work is, well, yeah, they'll go to the Cape and they'll do, they'll work on a fishing trawler because that's where the work is. They'll go to East Hampton because that's where the sense of seasonal workers, they'll go to, to, to California and pick strawberries or almonds because that's where the work is. And then they make the money and then they don't necessarily need to go to a shelter bed in, in New York. Those are the two sides of the argument. On the other side, people say, well, you don't want to create an incentive. The asylum system is not supposed to be a work program. We don't want to create that incentive. That's why the six months is in there. But this whole idea of like, send them here or send them there, that's not a thing. They're coming to New York for a reason. Let's go to Anna or Ina. Am I, I don't know how to say your name. Thank you. Um, Mr. What's your name? last name again? You can call me Anthony. You can call me Wiener. Anthony. Wiener. Mr. Wiener. Um, you are, we are really off today. Because we are not responsible for these for these um, migrants. There's kids living in shelter for the past years, ten years, groping in shelter, and not getting the right nutrition. So what should we do, Ina? So what what should we do with the kids who are here? Will we just let them sleep on the street? What do you think we should do? We didn't invite them here. No, no, no one, no one. We we don't have an invitation system here in the United States of America. But now that they're here, what should we do with them? Um. Why, what should, since you're going to talk like that, I'm going to talk raw. You know what, what I would like? I would like the mafias, the, the mob was still around because they would never cross that border because they would never cross that border like that. Did you know that some of them have houses, leave their houses and family and come in here and these kids, you have veterans sleeping in the, in the subway, mental people on the subway Matt, Matt, a, 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 Ina, Ina, and stuff like that. Ina, Ina, and you worrying about these I'm not young wor- guys. I'm not worried about it. I just want to have an honest conversation about it. You say that you don't want the kids to be fed. Fine, we're not going to feed the kids when they're here. You've got 19,000 children, okay? They're here, they're here legally, they're here lawfully. You say you don't want to take care of them. Okay, well, what do you want to do with them? Yeah, my, my, my parents have to call my mom, sponsor my, my 
my mother, and we had to wait until we get our visa. I understand, and people. I understand, Ina, and I understand. I've heard this argument a hundred times, and I get it. People have come here all different ways. And people came here all different ways. Some people came on a visa and then they overstended. And some people came here on a work thing and then transitioned. Some people got married. There have been, yes, but they all came under provisions of the immigration law. If from now on, instead of saying I came here this way and they came here that way, say I came under provisions of the immigration laws of the United States and these people came under the provisions of the immigration laws of the United States. I keep hearing, oh my God, how come it didn't come back? Oh, they didn't get screened like in the old days. You guys go, in the old days, they had some guy look into your eye and then put an H on your cheek and then send you to another room. Is that screening? And they all came in. I just want everyone to understand this. They all came in under a provision of the immigration laws of the United States that allows people to seek asylum here. And the only question we have now is, well, two questions. One, you want to change those laws, that's fine, but the barn door is now open. And two, what do we do now that they're here? And I think for question one, you've got to talk to Democrats and Republicans, particularly Republicans in Congress, and say get serious about trying to fix this problem and update our immigration laws. We did it every 20-some-odd years for the last 100 years. I don't know why these guys can't get it done. And to the second thing, we have to at least be honest about what we're talking about here. It's, it's, it's a lot of people that have a housing need that has been shrined in our court system and our legal system. That's Tough tacos on us. You can't just ignore that law. And I see just just people like people are calling calling in and saying it's a huge issue. Why don't I see it? I see it as a huge issue, but I just want us to be honest about it. I mean. We don't have to all demagogue this thing. Let me be honest about it. We got we 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 have a serious problem on how to deal with this influx that we have. But I want to say something else though. Whenever we have waves of immigration to our city and to our country, I want I don't I want to break the news to all of you. We have this exact same craziness like that woman who I played earlier. The demagoguery that they're bringing in diseases, that they don't want to work, that they're getting free stuff. It's the same, same arguments we always hear. Let's just be honest. I love immigrants, but I, I love immigration, but I hate that. I hate immigrants, basically, is the summary. Why won't Joe Biden close the door? There's no door. My, they're not a door. These people are, are coming here. Now, they're coming here because the system is, is broken. I get that. Maybe they're taking – a lot of these people are not going to be granted asylum. But you want to hear something crazy when I was researching this issue? So I said to myself – so I said, well, that's a lot of people that we're going to have to deport at the end of this. And then I did some research. Apparently, immigration judges, when they're ruling on these amnesty cases, are not at the same time writing deportation orders. If you follow what I'm saying, so people are applying for amnesty, they have to show they're subject to persecution, physical violence, religious persecution, things like that. 
If they're just here for economics, they want a job, that doesn't count. So the, it, the, the, it used to be weeks going into months for how long it took because it used to be one or two were coming at a time. By the way, last week I referred to the USS St. Louis. That's not right. It's the something else St. Louis. USS is a U.S. ship. That's, that was incorrect. There's another thing I wanted to correct. So then these courts are making these decisions on these, on, on these asylum cases and they're not kicking people out of the country as a result because they feel too bad for these families or something. So the whole system is just kind of a mess. But that doesn't mean these people did, they violated any rule that your parents didn't violate. People have been using the system and, and, and Congress has to fix the laws. And let me make one other point before we go to a break. Everyone says, Joe Biden, give us money. First of all, Joe Biden doesn't sit around with a sack of money waiting for a governor to show up and then gives him a pile of 20s. He's the president. He All he does is is put into play, you know, it's the Congress that, that allocates money. And let's take that. Let's say our Congress give us some money. Yeah, I want Congress to give us some money. And if I was in Congress still today, I'd be fighting for more money. But you give money to New York? I think we should get extra because we have this housing law. But do you really? It's our, it's our decision to have that housing law to have a constitution, a state constitution that has a right to housing in it. If you're in St. Louis, Missouri, why aren't you? I'm sure some people are winding up there. If you're a border, if you're San Diego, you get money too. Right. You know who decides that stuff? Congress. But as I said last week, if you're a Republican in Congress, you love this. If you're Curtis Slewa, you got it's a great issue. I guess people are fired up. If you don't like Hochul, if you don't like uh, um, Adams, this is a mess. This is great. You guys have a mess on your hands. True. No doubt about it. But if you want to be honest about this, this is Congress has to fix this. Next time you see Nicole Malitakis up at a rally with a megaphone, ask her what she plans to do with the undocumented that are here. I actually played a cut of it. There's a, there's a cut out there somewhere of an interviewer asking her that question. Asked like five times and she couldn't answer it. What do you do with the undocumented who are here? There's 13 some odd million undocumented here now. Because usually what happens is like we, we fix the system eventually. It is a big issue. But it's an issue we should be honest about. Honest about the contours of it. Right now it's, oh, they're coming here and they're filling up our this and they're filling up our that and it's, and they're bringing in crime and diseases and it's costing us money and Biden won't close the door and it's, look, that's not the way adults talk about it. That's not, you know, it's good shout radio. It's good for crazy callers who got like 500 votes in a primary for, you know, an election one time. But that's not the way, that's not the way we're all here. That's all I can say. Michael and Wayne, go ahead, Michael. Welcome back. Anthony, how are you? Um, and before you interrupt me, I just want to talk, you know, you know darn well that coming here for work is not legally seeking asylum. You keep on saying that they're doing something legally. They're not. Okay? But Michael, but, Michael but how do we determine, how do we determine that through what process? Excuse me. Seeking work is not a reason for seeking asylum. I understand, it's cool, but, Anthony. but it's not up to Michael or up to Anthony. How do we, how do we determine that? What's the process? What do you mean? That's why it's, that's why Trump's border policies worked. No, no, all right, hold on. All right, don't change the subject on me, Michael. You said that it's not legal to come here 
to stay here simply for work. That's right. But how do we determine that? Stick Anthony and offering it. Maybe they wouldn't come. Okay. Maybe let, they let wouldn't me answer, come. Let, I'm not done talking, Anthony. Let, let me answer, let me Michael. Talk. Michael, I'm going to let you finish, but let me just answer the question that you started with. You, you're right. Michael is right. And Michael, stay with us because I want, I want to hear you out. Michael is right. If you come here and apply for asylum and you are just coming here for work, you're not subject to persecution. You're not subject to personal harm. You're not subject to violence. You will not be allowed to stay here. But the way we determine that is in the law. You go before a judge and you make your case and then they rule. They stamp your paperwork. Either you're accepted or you're not. But it's not just up to Michael to say no or Anthony to say no. Go ahead, Michael. Finish your point. Yeah, okay, Anthony. You know the numbers, how many people go to court, right, Anthony? How many show up that don't? Over actually, no. Anthony. No, actually, Michael, let me, just, let me just finish. So now we're at the point that, Michael, you agree with me. So they should have a process to go to court. Is that right, Michael? You agree with that? They shouldn't get here in the first place. Trump's wall would have worked. Trump had 36,000 Mexican soldiers at the border. And, Anthony, numbers don't lie. Don't sit there and say that it was the same under Trump when it was not. No, it was, it much, was, higher, it was much higher under Biden. Well, but let me, let me say, did we not have migrant caravans under Trump? Stop them, Anthony. And you know no, what? No, uh-uh. We didn't stop uh, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, Anthony. Listen, are you going to tell me you've seen it this bad under a president? Stop, Anthony. Why all- do it? But all right, Michael, I've given you plenty of chance. You brought a lot to the table. Here's the thing. This four-year backlog in asylum cases didn't start under Biden. This was a two-and-a-half to three-year Biden backlog under Trump. Why? Because Trump had the idea that, oh, if we just starve the entire immigration system, everything would be better. Trump had the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Did Can someone show me the Trump Immigration Improvement Act of 2017, of 2018? Where was it? Where were the laws that were passed to solve these problems? The same place he couldn't get the, the job done to, to to negotiate for Medicare. He couldn't do it. The guy couldn't legislate his way out of a paper bag. He shut down the government so that he could get 453 miles of border wall paid for by our Department of Defense funding. Fine. They built them. Fine. Do you know where the biggest fentanyl bust was of 2021? Under a wall! A tunnel under a wall! Oh, Trump, this is a job! We didn't have this problem under Trump. All of the laws we have today, every single one of them, as it relates to immigration, were there under Trump. Period! Period! End of sentence! Oh, it's a Trump this and Trump that. Yeah, where was the law? I don't know when Nicole Malatakis got elected. I'm sure she's got a long list of legislative accomplishments around that now that they control the House. I'm sure Esposito and, and these other guys, Lawler, these Republicans. I keep hearing, oh, this didn't happen under Trump. Yes, we did not destabilize and dismantle the Venezuelan government under Trump. Well, we actually did. You know what? We actually did. 
You didn't like having a socialist government? Good. The, the, the hyperinflation of 300%, they had no access to COVID medications because they had an idiot denying COVID in that country. People were dying. They didn't have medication. They strived. They walked 2,000 miles to get to our border. Remain in Mexico. Do that. Just do it. Oh, yeah. The way that, 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 that everyone, now we have candidates talking about bombing Mexico. You think they're going to cooperate with us now? I'm sorry. This, this needs, this needs adults making laws. Adults using facts, knowledge, making laws. Let's go to Steve in Elmont. Hey, Steve, thanks for joining us. How are you doing, Mr. Weiner? Um, I know it's easier said than done, but I'm saying this because I want you to maybe explain to me why they don't just send the migrants back like they've done for years and let them apply from their country of origin. That's not the law. They're not required to. Okay, so that's so it's not the law. So what about the laws that are being broken when they, you know, by coming here and everybody we have from our um, secretary departments or whatever you call them, American embassies and stuff like that. So so Joe, we know which countries really have the problem. So Joe Biden's well, okay, there's two things here. One, Joe Biden tried to put a regulation in place that said you had to apply in at least one country that you cross through to get here. You had to apply there. And that was struck down by the courts because the court said that that's not the law. The Congress has to change the law. The president can't change it. A second thing, though, Steve, there is something the president could do, but you're not going to like it. And that is called something called temporary protective status. And they can take all people coming from a certain country and say, we're going to give them TPS to allow them to stay here legally. But that's not what you want to accomplish. What you want to accomplish is to send them back to their country of origin and there's no provision of that. I mean, we look, as I explained last week, these laws were passed at a time when we were randomly kind of very subjectively turning people away who had legitimate reasons to be concerned for their life. And I referred to the, the ship, the St. Louis, which had people fleeing the Holocaust that we turned around and they had to return to their deaths. So we said, let's fix the system. And so every so often, the immigration system gets fixed. It, it gets updated. It's a very different system. When we passed this asylum law, it would be a matter of like one or two people showing up at an embassy somewhere asking for asylum. And we'd have a pretty quick hearing for them and they'd be turned, they'd be either given approval or turned away. It was a pretty, and then they'd get a deportation order. They have to leave. But now because of, as I, as I just, as I just said, because of years of Republicans playing politics with this, and I say Republicans because when I was in Congress in 2008, there was something called the Gang of Eight, four Democrats, four Republicans. who were trying to work this out. I was part of a larger group that was in the House, Democrats and Republicans. And the moment that anything talked about, like, well, what do we do with the people that are here already? How do we give them a prize if they pay their taxes, if they're good, if they're working, if they're, if you know, let's pay, make them pay a fine and go to the end of the line. The Republicans yelled at each other, said, oh, amnesty, amnesty, amnesty. Ted Cruz yelled at Marco Rubio, amnesty, when he was running for president. And ever since then, this has become politicized. Donald Trump walks down the elevator at a, at a, at a, at a hotel and he talks about immigration and walls and everything else. Well, if he wanted to be the immigration president, 
I'm fine building a wall. I think we all have to compromise. I think my side should compromise on the wall. Fine, build more wall. Now, a lot of the border is a river. A lot of it's on private property. A lot of it's protected lands. But fine. You want to build a wall? Build a wall. I think we should compromise. But he had two years of a House and a Senate and a four-year presidency. Could someone please point to me the Comprehensive Immigration Reform Act of Donald Trump that we can get? These are laws, Steve. These are not something that we get to just kind of say, all right, let's just put like ad hoc, put them in the back of a truck and drive them out of here. And by the way, the they and the them, these are people, 19,000 are kids. Kids. When you're a kid, you didn't done anything wrong yet. You got to feed them, right? Even if you're not in New York, you got to feed them. If they're sick, you got to, you got to take care of them. And it's the law that if you're a minor in New York State, you got to go to school. Doesn't say how you got here. Doesn't say what you're what you got to go to school. It's the law. These are laws. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at So there you go. That was the back and forth. Some of it required you probably to turn down your volume a little bit. Some of you may have responded to that with some fact check you'd like to do, and I'd encourage you to let me know. You can reach me on wienerwabc at gmail.com or at repwiener. Some of you may respond to that saying, well, I think this is the tone that we should take when pushing back on some of these conversations. And I think Hopefully, one or two people who listen to this will say, all right, that's at least a legitimate attempt to have a conversation about this issue. As I mentioned, you can reach out to me any number of ways. R-E-P-W-E-I-N-E-R, Rep Wiener at Twitter, Anthony D. Wiener on Facebook and Threads, and WienerWABC at gmail.com. And all of this was excerpted from The Middle. Now, The Middle is the radio show that comes in a different feed from this. And if you subscribe to both, thank you very much. If you don't subscribe to the other show, I give it a try. What you heard in this episode was the flavor of it sometimes. It doesn't always get so chippy and loud and me bursting a vessel or two. It, it, it's not always like that. It's usually a lot more um, a lot more common conversational, but we mix it up from time to time. But I encourage you to subscribe to that as well. One of these days, they will explain to me why it's necessary to have these programs in different feeds. But I hope that you saw some value in hearing the questions and answers around immigration. And there are many, many more, as I said several times throughout the conversation today. This is not easy, but it is doable if we at least agree Upon the very premise, I want to thank Eric Salas, our producer and sound designer. I'll do a lot of cutting and editing, and also the weekend crew, which helped to make the original recording possible. And I want to thank all of you as we are getting close to the lunar end or the chronological end of summer, and we are back to school and back to work as the part of the real life part, uh, um, break for summer. I want to express my deep gratitude. The, the show has been doing well on the radio. The podcast has been doing very well, and most of that happens by word of mouth. And so I encourage you to rate and review the podcast, share it if you think that there are other people that might want to hear it. And as I mentioned, I'm always eager for your feedback. 
And this marks the end of the Middle Unplugged. <laughs>